it ends on a Motley Crue song, and I just every time I watch it, I just want to just stand up and throw my drink against the screen and just cheer and headbang and be a doofy, stupid '80s person like I am. There you go. Ooh, wee wee, we have vampire. Ooh, there's enough negativity about that movie that I'm like, I think I might like that movie a lot. I like that a lot more than I did the first time because sci-fi is pretty. Well, come on, do your stupid dance, please. One was a ninja and one was a monster. You decide. Like, yes, home sweet home, that's right, bitches. Okay. Hello everyone, welcome to Movie Freaks, the only podcast on the net hosted by two men competing in the most comic book shirts versus most top gun shirts battle of the biggest man child. I'm Eric Warner. Ooh, and I'm Eugene Weaver. <laughs> neck and neck. Neck and neck. Yes. <laughs> oh, you know it's going to be a good show when Top Gun is mentioned in the intro. <laughs> we, should, we should just get it all out there right now. Ed, Edward Furlong and... <laughs> yeah, just just uh, just get everybody prepared for what's in store for the next 90-some-odd minutes. Mm-hmm. Oh, how are you doing, sir? I'm doing well. Doing well. i I, I always say the same thing, busy day, but yeah, it was a busy day. But yep. In a good in a good way. It's, I got a lot done. And booked another movie and programmed it in and just doing my thing. Oh, nice. Yeah. So. Well, I had a, well, I thought it was a mostly successful day negotiating with the three-year-old terrorist, but uh, you know how that can go and, right, right, as it seemed seemed like things were going okay, putting him to bed, and okay, time for bed. Now, come on. I was like, finally, dude, you're on my last nerve. It is time to get in bed. He just casually, all right, Dad, walked over and punched me as hard as he could right in the right in the balls. What? Yeah, just do-do-do-do-do. And I was just like, Ooh! like I almost threw up. Literally, I'm still seeing stars right now. What was that? That was obviously supposed to be funny. Yeah, he's just joking around. Here you go. <laughs> friendly, friendly slap, but it was a full fist, completely out of nowhere, straight in the crotch. Oh, man. <sighs> so that's, well, great. that's how I'm yeah. feeling right now. Uh, mm. Wow. So um, it was, um, I mean... A homemade vasectomy for you, and, uh... <laughs> the problem is I already had one, so he might have reversed it. Mm. <laughs> it's like, wow. call, call me a terrorist, will you? I'll give you a, another kid. Little, oh, oh. <sighs> kids, you see? Anyway, that, that was my official sign-off for kids this evening. I am done. I have done. Yeah. I've done my, 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 my diligence today. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and for me, I I uh, I had to do my penance for uh, lobbing the smoke detector across the uh, the kitchen yesterday when it went off for the umpteenth time and uh, it shattered on the floor. It uh, yeah, my boy was like, I'm thinking about when he came out like right before we were ready to record. I'm thinking about when you threw the smoke detector. I'm like, oh, good, good father of the best father of the year award right there to Eugene Loser Weaver. <laughs> So I had to. I, so actually, I had to make up a story to where it was actually. I'll, I won't get into the details uh, of the actual. You don't have to tell me. My kids kept coming up to up to me today with this tiny pumpkin that they got, and they're like, "Daddy, what's inside? Daddy, what's inside?" Corbin says it's juice, and I'm like, "Well, no, it's pumpkin. It's a, there's this pumpkin inside." Well, what's inside? What's inside? Finally, I just went mashed potatoes, and they went, "Oh, <laughs> mashed potatoes," and 
They were satisfied with that answer and they toddled off. All right. Whatever. Mission accomplished. <laughs> yep. Whatever it takes. Yeah. So I changed. I said, well, the real reason that I threw the uh, smoke detector was because one of your little stuffed animals was in it and he went me to pretend it was a UFO. And so I, I lobbed it because it's, yeah, whatever. <laughs> anyway. My- <laughs> oh, the lies we tell to cover up our, yeah, our failings. Yeah. Okay. Our failings. <laughs> yep. Are you ready to get on with the show and talk Let's about some talk movies? Let's talk movies, yes. Let's start off like we always do with the roulette, where we dive in the ocean of cinema and try and find those gems in the rough. And last week it was Mutant Hunt. Hunt up against Little Evil. And it's my turn to go first. Okay, I have a bevy of notes here. <clears throat> Mutant Hunt. Robots that look suspiciously like people rounded up at the local bar and put cheap sunglasses on. Uh, they do this drug, and then it makes them violent, kind of. Excellent. <laughs> uh, yeah, d- directed by Tim Kincaid. Are you familiar with Tim Kincaid? No. Oh, let me inform you. His other name is Joe Gage, and he spent ten years as a veteran of the hardcore gay porn director. He, yeah, That's what he did. <laughs> and then one day decided that he's going to make Mutant Hunt. And That's why I've wanted to watch this movie all my life. He shot it back to back with a movie called Breeders, which I have oh, seen. And I have seen that movie. I own it. <laughs> not bad. Not not good, but better than Mutant Hunt. <sighs> you know, this movie was hilarious from beginning to end. This is perfect mystery science theater fodder. Well, not perfect. It, it's mostly perfect that, you know, shot in a warehouse and these are fake sets and the robots are all dressed in black and they're just kind of, you can tell they're the director's friends or something. It's all right. But every time that I, you know, thought it was going to get good, it just didn't quite do it for me. Like with this kind of movie, you want it to be extremely gory. You want to have like nudity. You want to, you know, you want it to be really, really trauma esque uh-huh, uh-huh. and it's only like PG-13 trauma. I mean, there's some gore in it that I guess would make it R and probably maybe some language. I don't know. I wasn't paying that close attention. But then, you know, there's a couple of scenes where, oh, here comes the sex scene and, you know, your big hunky dude is and just, just got done doing a 10-minute fight scene in his tidy whities so surely they're going to do it, right? And... They did, but nothing. We didn't, you know, you don't see anything. It's like, all right, what are you trying to be? Art, artistic? Or, <laughs> or no, or just like PG-13-ish. This is the cinematic equivalent of a side boob. That's what this movie is. It's okay. A, it's a side boob. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, every time it's right on the edge of, oh, we're going to see something really cool. Yeah, it's only like, yeah. yeah. The but, upper portion of a crack. There you go. Maybe. Or like, you know, the, oh, here comes a gory scene. And then you're like, well, I, I know how they did that effect. And, oh, it's really bad makeup job on the guy's eye. And then clearly it's not his head. Uh, it's, if, if this is one that you're considering that is going to get released by one of your niche companies, then you should watch it on YouTube first. And I think you should watch it. I think you will totally enjoy watching it. I did. It was relatively painless. But just don't be expecting it to really cross that line. Yeah. It does some really funny things. That scene where he does that long fight scene in his tidy whities was hilarious. Absolutely hilarious. I, I was howling. And, uh, but yeah, uh, some plot where this guy is trying to f- make this drug 
to make these robots go crazy and turn them into an army and uh, lots of talking here and there. And eh, no, but it was fun for a mystery science theater sort of time. And in that respect, I think you should give it a shot. And of course I will. Certainly. I, I know I will mm. uh, probably sooner than later. Cause everything that you said makes me want to watch that. I look forward to your review. <laughs> Perfect. Almost as much as I do of little evil. Yes, Little Evil. Okay, let's talk about that movie. Uh, so I, I didn't know this, but uh, I just checked the director is Eli Craig, who previously directed the excellent 2010 Tucker and Dale vs. Evil. No shit. Yeah. So I'm like, cool. All right. Um, that explains some of the comedy that really works in the movie. Oh, the same way um, that finding out what my director does also explains yeah. the comedy in Mutant Hunt. Yeah. <laughs> So, Little Evil is, the storyline is very simple. It is the omen as a comedy, pretty much. Uh, with some cool little twists and turns, I suppose you could say. Uh, I really like Adam Scott. I think, I, I like his acting style. I thought that he was fantastic in, uh, Krampus. And honestly, everything that Adam Scott is in, I, I like his performance in his movies. Um, and also in this movie is Clancy Brown. And nice. I love Clancy Brown's awesome. Uh, Evangelina, Evangeline Lilly is in this. Sally Field. There's actually a pretty good cast in this movie. Um, so Adam Scott marries, uh, Evangelina Lilly's character and, uh, back in her free spirit days, she sort of kind of joined a cult and boom, she has this little, uh, evil child, uh, who is and of course, his name is Lucas, which is, that's my son's name. So, um, at first I'm like, oh, here we go. This just feels like a, like they're trying too hard. And then every now and then there was a genuinely fantastic joke, uh, that, that made me laugh out loud. And especially from the side characters, I'm like, oh, that was really funny. I liked that. And there, it's, it's forgettable. It's not as good as Tucker and Dale, but there was just enough coolness going on in the movie that I I enjoyed it. It It's not one that I'll remember a year from now, but while I was watching it, I'm like, I'm not bored, and it's just funny enough, and it's entertaining enough. I like, you know, it's an omen type thing, so of course I like it. But in the realm of roulettes, that was a win. Not a huge win, but that was a win. That was okay. Yeah. I'm not sure where you would fall on that. Um, Again, there's a couple genuinely hilarious parts in it. And the performances were good. It, everything about it was really good. was was very enjoyable. Well, I'll watch it next month. Yeah. It, With no, a it's, ton of other things. It, it's very much more of a uh, comedy than a horror. So, I mean, it's not really scary or anything, but... Well, yeah. I didn't expect so, but at, at least it still qualifies as a horror, because it is a horror theme. Or at least, I'm sure IMDb will say it's horror. Yeah, on IMDb it says comedy slash horror, so... It'll be there good to go. break up all of the things I'm going sure to be watching. Yeah. Now, do you like Adam Scott or have you, do you? Yes, very know? much. Oh, oh yeah. Okay. He was in Parks and Rec too, right? Yeah. And he was in Step Brothers, uh, Secret Life of Walter. Everything he's in, I like. Hellraiser just, Bloodline. Was he really? Well, at least he was in that fan edit that I started watching on YouTube. He's in the opening wow. scene. Yeah. I mean, that would have probably been a long, long time. But yeah. His first role was, uh, Way back in the mid-90s. Yeah, Hellraiser Bloodline. 
No kidding. <laughs> he looked very young. nice. No, I yeah. Wow. Okay. Well, anyway, All there right. you go. Check yeah. Check out Little Evil sometime. It's not near as bad as uh, I was expecting. It was enjoyable. All right. Well, that's two wrecks from uh, fans, friends, fans, friends, friends, friends. So I will give it a shot, uh, especially next month. Okay, next round. Okay, I'm up first. Shit. Um, the Forgotten is your Netflix probably piece of shit that I am going to throw you. After a teenager goes to live with his father in abandoned public housing, he hears strange noises and decides to investigate with his new friend. Next up is probably your safer pick of the week. Absolutely anything. Now, this is a comedy, and I believe I watched the trailer and it looked pretty funny. Aliens bestow a schoolteacher with the power to do absolutely anything. But only his talking dog seems to have any notion what to do with it. Starring Simon Pegg and Kate Beckinsale. That's why I count it as fairly safe. Yeah. And lastly, uh, YouTube mo- thing. Uh, look what's happened to Rosemary's Baby. I started going around YouTube again looking for 80s horror full movies just because I need to do research for next month. I'm going to be prepared this year. I'm not going to burn out like I do every year, so I'm putting in the work. I did not even realize you were wearing a Top Gun shirt this evening when I did oh, that. Oh, yes, I've got my Top Gun shirt on. Yeah, yeah, of course. Okay. You're winning. You're in the lead. <laughs> <laughs> um, More on Top Gun later in this episode. Trust oh, me. Oh, great. <laughs> <laughs> One of those episodes. Uh, <laughs> I, okay, look what's happened to Rosemary's Baby. Apparently, there is a sequel to Rosemary's Baby, and it is that is in the form of a 1976 made-for-TV horror film. And I watched some of the trailer, but the trailer was like three and a half minutes long. I, I watched enough, and I was like, ah, that qualifies. They're, right off the bat, there's pentagrams and culty stuff, and people talking about demonic this, and chanting, and BLs above that. And I was like, you know what? Eugene's definitely, it's it's October time, because next episode, it, the, the horror-thon's in full effect. So, there you go. Now, you had a, you also had an alternate pick, um... I did. Boy. I didn't pull up the synopsis because oh, you said that I you did. And, yeah, I did. I'm like, oh, well, that was we only throw that ca- one in? No, that was only in case you hadn't seen the Rosemary's Baby thing. I got to save okay. these back. Because <laughs> do you have any idea how hard it is to find you horror picks? It's really hard. So if I, if you, <laughs> I assumed you had seen that one. I don't even. What was that one? What was it called? Parasite um, from 1982. Parasite. We'll just save that one for another time. Next okay. week. All right. Okay. And heading your way is The Bad Batch from 2016. Uh, This is a drama horror romance. A love story set in a community of cannibals in a future dystopia. In a desert wasteland in Texas, a muscled cannibal breaks one important rule. Don't play with your food. This is from the director of A Girl Walks Home Alone at Night, which you... uh, People that listen to our show will know what we both think of that movie. Um, well, I, n- I never that, finished it. Uh, yeah, I did. I, I, I you did. Don't you, wa- you watched it all, and you did not okay. like it, and much no. to the chagrin of several listeners. But I didn't. I yeah. didn't even finish it. Yeah. So it's two hours long, but uh, there you go. There's there's a roulette pick number one. Next up is. Alien Arrival. That's your, I guess, science fiction pick of the whatever. Yeah, maybe it looks a lot like a. Yeah, what's it called? Is that a not trauma, but asylum? Is that an asylum? Um, 
Oh, it could be. There is a chance. Um, so, uh, interstellar survival story of a stranded mercenary who discovers a deadly secret on a seemingly deserted moon. There you go. Last but not least is Night School. And this is one we actually had at uh, our theater. It's a documentary, and I would say that this is your safe pick. Um, it's um, about uh, a documentary about three students determined to graduate from their high school in Indianapolis, despite the fact that the institution has one of the lowest graduation rates in the country. And I did not see that. I, I didn't see the movie, but it uh, it got really high marks, and supposedly it's a very good documentary. So that's I suppose that's your safe pick, and it's only an hour and 25 minutes, so... There you go. That's that's your spread right there. Well, that's very tempting, but we are heading into October where I need to check off as many horror films as I can, and as you will no doubt uh, triple whatever number I put up. <laughs> so since The Bad Batch falls under horror, and I kind of feel bad for not finishing uh, Girl Walks Home Alone at Night, I will take The Bad Batch. I will I will jump on that one, because that premise sounds unbelievably cool. The The trailer was pretty pretentious, but with that cast and cannibals and it counts as horror, I'm, I'll check that one. I'll, I'll dive on that one, see what uh, okay. see what comes of it. Okay. Over to you. Oh, man. Um, oh, jeez. Um, you say uh, that like I gave you three shit picks, man. Come on. Well, I, no, I mean, this, honestly, for me, the safe pick for me would probably be the Rosemary's Baby thing. Just because you know, I, you know, it's, it's an old school whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, but I'm like, oh, should I, should I try to do a newer movie just in case it might be something? We maybe? both know that the Forgotten is not going to be good, right? Uh, yeah, but what if it is? It's not. Um, <laughs> um, I'm gonna go with the Forgotten. <laughs> there was a good Forgotten movie. It's all. It was with Julianne Moore. Remember that? That movie was awesome. Yeah, I love that movie. You're seriously mm. taking that? I can't believe that. I'm, yeah. Yeah, I think so. Just uh, I wanted you well, to watch sh- the Rosemary's Baby thing. Yeah, but it's on YouTube, and the quality is gonna be. Garbage, um, and it's still yeah. going to be better than the Forgotten. That's going to be crisp and clear and awful. Uh, Next week yeah. on the Roulette, it'll be the Bad Batch up against the <laughs> Forgotten, which will be easily forgotten within about five <laughs> minutes after Eugene watches it. <laughs> Stay tuned, dear listener. Yay! <laughs> All right. Well, I think I'm kind of riding high off of the the somewhat enjoyable Little Evil, so I'm like, oh, let's just let it ride. Let's see what happens. <laughs> oh, that's not going to be good. Okay. Uh, <laughs> did I did I do a review of the Axe Murders of Velisca? Did I? Yes. Was that a roulette? Yes, I believe so. Oh, awful. Awful. <laughs> I don't know. It just makes, it makes me think of this is going to probably be another one of those, but... Probably. Hang on. Well, it's a ghosty thing, I think. Or he decides to investigate with his new friend in the abandoned public house building and strange noises. So maybe they get a camera and try and make a find a ghost. Yay, Reginalds! It's scary. <laughs> okay, okay. For the second segment tonight, I wanted to do something a little light and fun because next month it's going to be all about that horror. And I stumbled across an IMDb page. 
and as that website is very hard to navigate to find anything, at least for me. And it was uh, Celebrity Birthdays. I thought, oh, that's interesting. I wonder who was born on my birthday. I thought, hey, Movie Freak segment. Find ten people that are interesting to you that share your birthday. Why not? And people listening at home, do the same. Look up your list and send it to us, moviefreakspod at yahoo.com, and we'll, you know, maybe read it or do the highlights of it. Maybe just send us three, because we can't spend all day on that stuff, but uh, who knows? That might be fun. And I get to go first. So you have ten? I got ten. I do. Okay. I'll just do, let's do three and three back and forth. We'll, we'll do okay. move through this fairly quickly. Just number ten, starting off for me, is Gavin Free. And the reason I bumped him down to number ten is because, to be honest, I like him more than most of my list, personally. But it's not because of movies, necessarily. It's because he's part of a, I don't even know what to call it, a podcast network uh, that I listen to. I listen to him almost weekly on a podcast. He's a hilarious British guy that is with the organization known as Rooster Teeth. Uh, that did all the red versus blue, f- mm. the Xbox stuff. He's, okay. He did voiceover work in that. He has movie credit, uh, Laser Team. They put out a movie last year, Laser Team. He was in that and in the sequel that's coming out next year, I think. But I'm a huge fan of his. Very funny guy. He does uh, the slow-mo guys. Have you ever watched any of the slow-mo guys videos? Nope. They sh- Check it out their channel on YouTube. They shoot just random things in ultra high definition, super high frame rate, so that, like, I don't know, they'll just randomly get a giant weight and drop it on 10,000 popsicles just to see what it looks like, and then shoot it super slow motion, high frame rate, so that you can see every little detail of what happens. It's brilliant. That's awesome. Oh, you would love oh, that's their... that's cool. You would love their channel. You really would. It, it's fascinating. What's the other, They've been getting... Lately, they've been getting these six-foot balloons, water balloons that are so big that you can climb a person into. They just keep filling it up with water while they sit in it until it explodes. And then, you know, they have that super camera going so that you can see what it looks like when a, you know, gigantic water balloon explodes. What happens? It's it's beautiful. It's great photography. He, he He's hilarious. It's great. Nice. Uh, number nine for me is Drew Carey. I don't cool. particularly love Drew Carey, but he's done some funny sitcoms, and whose line is it anyway? And he's from Cleveland, too, so I have to kind of give a shout-out to him for that. And we share the birthday. Yay! Man, this fucking chair. Uh, number eight is Melissa McBride. Melissa McBride? She is Carol on The Walking Dead. One uh. badass mamma jamma. She's a little bit older than me lady with very short hair and I like the way she handles herself. That's why she made the list. Her character on that show is the way that I would be. I don't put up with shit. I don't make stupid mistakes. Oh, it's a, oh, you're bit. Oh, that's sad. Fuck you. You're dead. You know, moving on. She does not do bullshit. There's so much bullshit on that show and Carol is not bullshit. I love her on that show. You still watch that show, don't you? <sighs> Begrudgingly. I'm not a, I'm not a, I've slept through the last season, to be perfectly honest. I was like, oh, don't we have more Walking Dead? And the wife was like, we finished up last night, you were asleep. Like, yeah, because it's, it's not good. <laughs> uh, but I still like Carol on it. Oh, it's Carol? I'm, I'm perking up. I like her. Okay, give me three. 
Okay, uh, first up is, for me, the most obvious. My birthday is on August the 8th. And uh, number one is Mr. Dustin Hoffman. Oh, nice. Yeah, so there's, there's, yeah. That, that obviously he, he earns, I guess, top spot. Um, not a whole lot to say about that. Definitely, definitely, Num- definitely. Yes. Definitely. <laughs> number two is the one, the only Dino De Laurentiis. Nice. And, and, uh, not necessarily an actor, but, uh, Dino De, Dino De Laurentiis, uh, I immediately think of Halloween when I think of him. Major producer. Uh, Total Recall is what I think of. That's probably not right. I don't, everything that I loved in the 90s, I, it just seemed like his name was kind of in there somewhere. Yeah. Very true. I mean, his, his, uh, his producer credits is 175. That's impressive. Yep. So, uh, I, did I say Halloween? I was, that's Mustafa Cod. That's, that was wrong. Sorry about that. Um, that's anyway. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then <laughs> last on the uh, initial round here is a gentleman named Harry Crosby from the original Friday the 13th. And he was just one of our, uh, one of our campers that didn't, uh, did not survive. But he's the <laughs> one that actually chops the head off of a live snake in the movie, an actual animal death in the movie. He's the guy with the machete that does that. And I, I forget how he gets it in part one, but as with almost every single character in that movie, he gets it. So Harry Crosby, of course, Friday the 13th, that's going to get a nod from me. (laughs) Understandable. Okay. Number seven for me is Hal London Jr. He is a character actor. You would recognize him if I put up his his picture, but he's one of those guys where, what was, I know him from something. Well, for me, it is Bill and Ted's excellent adventure and bogus journey. He is, the dad of one of them. I, that oh. will forever associate him with that role. Even though I, you know, one of those guys you've seen in a bunch of stuff. Uh, next up is David Harris. He is Cochise in The Warriors. So, Oh! Yeah. Nice! He, he's been in some good, good stuff, and he is still acting today. Uh, next up for this round is John Ortiz. You would definitely recognize this guy if you look at his picture. Fast and Furious 4 and 6, he was the bad guy in both those. Well, a bad guy. Yeah, uh, Narc, he's been in. The Miami Vice movie. Uh, what is that? I wrote the initials down. A-T-H-F. Oh, no, that's the next one. Never mind. Uh, AVP Requiem. He was the, one of the, the main cop in AVP Requiem. Oh, yeah, I know exactly who you're talking about. Yep. I like him. Me too. Good actor. Great actor. He can play a bad guy and a good guy, and I'm totally believable in both. Like, great range. Great range. Back to you. Okay. Uh, next up for me is a lady by the name of Brooke Bundy. And she was in uh, Nightmare on Elm Street Part 3 and 4, I believe. And uh, when I see her like her IMDb, I'm like, oh, I remember you from those movies. So, and it's Friday, or it's a Nightmare on Elm Street. So uh, that immediately. Which I'm one in three? Um, if you do a search for, I mean, if you see her picture, um, she blonde. Was she the blonde girl? I mean, she's not the main star uh, of it. Well, no, I assume or- not. Isn't Rick Bundy? Go on with your next one. Okay. 
Yeah, just the picture, uh, yeah, I'm looking at it right now. I don't remember her. Well, I'm going to be going through the nightmares, well, I was planning to go through the, uh, finish up going through all the nightmares on, wow, man, Elaine. I wonder if she, oh, oh, and she was also in Explorers. She was the science teacher in Explorers. Oh, I see, I remember her from that. Okay, that okay. rings a bell. But I don't remember her from Elm Street 3, which is weird because I love that movie. I've watched it many times. You know, she might have been the, she might have been the mom of uh, the, um. There you go. That sounds. Yeah, I think. That sounds more accurate. I was, I was thinking she was one of the kids. Yeah, no, she, I, no, she wasn't one of the kids. So. Okay. Anyway, there you go. Um. Next up is a girl named Katie. Oh, I'm going to butcher her last name. I'm sorry, but Casey or Katie Lau or it's L E U N G. She's of Asian descent. Leung. Yeah, she was in uh, the Harry Potter movies, and I, and she was I oh, believe yeah. Harry uh, Potter Harry's girlfriend. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Look at so, me with my Harry Potter cred. Yeah, there you go. But uh, <laughs> Harry Potter, so there you go. You you get a nod for that. Yeah. Um, and uh, then lastly for me on this round is Chris Rebello, and he was uh, Sheriff Brody's son in Jaws, which is very very cool. Nice. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, now now it's getting real. Uh, H. John Benjamin. Are you familiar with this gentleman? I don't think so. I love his work. He has one of the most recognizable voices for voiceover actors that it's, it's fantastic. He has been in some of my favorite animated shows ever. Home movies, Aqua Teen Hunger Force, oh, Bob's okay. Burgers. He is the voice of Bob and Bob's Burgers. He is the voice of Archer and Archer. He's been in uh, Venture Brothers. He played a villain. He had his own TV show for a season. I love this guy. Everything he does is magic to me. Just magic. I He is so funny. His comedic timing, his deadpan voice, it's brilliant. So he is awesome. Next up for me is Scatman Crothers. Oh, nice. Yeah. Little shining cred. Yeah. One nice. flew over the cuckoo's nest. That's mm-hmm. that's a long list of shit he's done. Wasn't he? In, he was in Blues Brothers, wasn't he? I think, no, probably. I think so. Could be wrong. And last for this round, I'm going to save number one for a, a separate round. But Tom, uh, I'm going to butcher this name. Turkwer, Tykwer, Tykwer, uh, German director. Run Lola Run, Perfume, mm. The International, Cloud Atlas, Sense Eight. I love this guy's work. I need to watch the international again. Same with perfume. They've been running perfume on one of the Roku channels. I, oh, I'm like, oh, I want to watch that again. I such love a, that movie. Such a great movie. Cloud Atlas has been sitting on my shelf forever. I need to watch that again. So bad. I haven't seen it since the theater. Okay. Uh, back over to you. Okay. Next up for me is a gentleman by the name of Ford Rainey. And he's an old guy that uh, was in Halloween Part Two, the like the the old one, the the original <laughs> Halloween Part Two. <laughs> oh, I thought you meant the old guy in Halloween Part Two. <laughs> yeah, he's just an old guy in in Part Two, and I like I see his IMDb picture, and I'm like, 
I remember you from that movie, but I'm not sure which character, but you were in Halloween 2, so therefore, you get a nod. <laughs> I love Halloween Part 2. It's a great movie. Uh, and uh, here now we're getting into the nitty-gritty. Uh, Bill Whedon. And his claim to fame was he was an actor in Troma's Sergeant Kabuki Band, NYPD. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> and and any Troma relation to my birthday is a win for me because... <laughs> the stars no aligned. The stars aligned. And Sergeant Kabuki Man is now somehow uh, Kevin Bacon's Six Degrees deal with Eugene Weaver. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Um. Now I have three left. You have three, two, am I, am I, or how many do you have? Or you have two? No, I have one. I'm. I went three, three, and three. That's nine. How, how did I end do up need, with? Uh, if you do one more, that that will be nine. Okay. Um. Well, I've got three left. <laughs> of course, of course. Every time I we can't. Do, every do the time math, we yeah. do lists, every single time, uh, it's all right. Okay. Uh, do until you have one left, and don't do the last one. Okay. So. I've got a pair of mu- musicians now. And first up is The Edge from U2. Hmm. And that's just, that's pretty cool because it's U2, you know? Yeah. So, The Edge. And next is JC Chazez from NSYNC. <laughs> that's <surprised>. right. <laughs> somehow that just kind of ties into Top Gun with me. Somehow, I don't know how, but that it doesn't just, tie it, into Top Gun. It ties into last week's episode. Oops, you did it again, and now it's... Yes, uh, yeah. I, it's the boy band. Yeah. yeah. Well, Perfect. As I we both it. struggle to think of one sync song. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I went to Backstreet's back all right, but that's not right, so... Yeah, and I, I, have, I got nothing, yeah. so... Yeah. <laughs> Back to you for number one. Is that it? You only have one left? I got one left. Okay. Number one for me. I, I'm very curious if, if throwing down this actress's name will uh, conjure up her one role that you and I know her for. Or at least that I do. Fel- Felisa Rose. Hmm. That does not ring a bell. Angela in Sleepaway Camp. Oh! And this guy. Same birthday. That's right. Nice. <laughs> I love that so much. <laughs> yep. That's awesome. Uh, Let's see if I have you beat, though. <laughs> oh, you think? You think you got a card in that game? Oh, boy. Maybe. But probably not. That's like, a good one. Jack that, you, Nicholson. You... <laughs> no. My number one or... My last one is Mr. John Holmes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, considering they both have penises of or that are Perfect. remarkable, uh, I, I think that we're tied. Yeah, it's a win. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yep, I saw that. I'm like, are you kidding me? I'm like, that is just great. That's fantastic. <laughs> it's the remarkable penis episode. <laughs> 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 one, so many of our shows are exactly yeah. that. One was a ninja and one was a monster. You, you decide. <laughs> you decide. <laughs> oh, yeah. That was fun. Yeah, that was cool. And hey, audience, who do you share a birthday with? Send us your top three. We'll read them on the show. And I'm sure that there's tons that we did that we did not. Oh, there was that. like 1,200 for each of us. I went through like yeah. two pages and that was it. It was like, ah, all right. I'm sure if we dug deeper, we would really find ones that we would like even more. 
Yeah. Excuse me, but uh, that's I have. We're, I guess we're just not. I'm I'm not that egotistical. <laughs> I only got a, about five minutes that I can pay attention to something related to me, and then I'm done. Yeah. Okay, we have all the time in the world for recently watched, and I'm happy about that because let's. <sighs> we're heading into the horrorthon, which is kind of just teased all year with me saying, "Oh, add it to the list, add it to the list." Well. And that's going to be the next episode. This is the last episode to get out any non-horror review, reviews that you want to uh, put out there. So let's do it. And then we head into the long month of one genre for this guy. <laughs> Eugene's like, I live here. Whatever. I was going to say, uh, what happens if almost every single review tonight from me is horror? <laughs> oh, that's fine. That's fine. But if you have any non, get it out now. Okay. Uh, oh, shit, I'm up first. Uh, da, 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 da. And I have such a long list. I'm not sure. What, let me see here. One, two, three, four. Let's do three rounds tonight of Recently Watched. Is that cool with you? Yep. Three double headers. Let's put it that way. First up for me is Fracture from 2007. Starring Anthony Hopkins, Ryan Gosling... David Strathorn, Rosamund Pike. Do you remember this movie at all? Was it theatrical? Yes. And I did not see this movie. An attorney intent on climbing the career ladder towards success finds an unlikely opponent in a manipulative criminal he is trying to prosecute. This is da, 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 a lawyer movie. But I was coming off a high on Anthony Hopkins, so I thought, you know what? Anthony Hopkins is in it, and he's kind of the bad guy. Let me just check it out. Turns out... I, and I can be picky with lawyer movies. This was a very good lawyer movie. I liked this movie quite a bit, and I think that you definitely should check it out sometime with the wife. This is perfect for that... Uh, you know, for... Perfect for, like, when you're looking for something that's R-rated, but it's not, like, super offensive, you know? Okay. Anthony Hopkins is the villain. What else do you need to know? The dude rules, especially when he's in a villain role. And they don't, I'm not spoiling anything, they don't dick around with showing you what is going on from the very beginning. As far as defined roles. He is the villain, and he is the lawyer. Uh, so, not much else to say about that, because it's a freaking lawyer movie. You know what I'm, when, when I say lawyer movie, you know what I'm talking about. Oh, yeah, very much so, yes. But this one was well-written, and Hopkins plays his role just just as perfect as... He's just made to play villain roles. Even though he can do a good guy, and it's very fun, when he does a villain, it's just delicious. It's, yeah. it's savory. It's how he carries himself and his voice, everything about him just... He, and he sealed the deal with the uh, Hannibal Lecter role. He is a bad guy. Yeah, yeah. He, he just does it so damn well. Mm-hmm. You throw him into a generic lawyer movie, and it just ups the game tenfold. It's so good. And Ryan Gosling does a great job as well, and so does everybody else. It's it's interesting. I, I, I called what was going to be the twisty type thing within the first act of the movie, because it was telegraphed a little too much, but that's okay. It's fine. It, it didn't ruin the movie for me either way. I still enjoyed it. Uh, next up is Passengers with 
Jennifer Lawrence, Chris Pratt, Michael Sheen, Lawrence Fishburne, Andy Garcia for about three seconds. If that. Yeah. <laughs> this is last year. Spacecraft traveling to a distant colony, planet, and transporting thousands of people has a malfunction in its sleep chambers. As a result, two passengers are awakened. That's a lie. Uh, are awakened 90 years early. Uh, this movie you have seen already, so we are going to go full spoiler on this one. Anybody yep. that has not seen Passengers, this is your warning. Uh, right now, skip ahead, because we are going to talk about the details of Passengers, because I have to, I can't review this movie otherwise. Three, two, one, spoiler warning over, and go. I like this movie. Hey, I'm the guy that defends Supernova, for fuck's sake, okay? <laughs> I am sci-fi dork fan that defends most sci-fi movies. This thing is a feast for sci-fi eyes. I really loved 95% of this movie. There is a small 5% bit of writing that really pisses me off about this movie. That would make me knock it down a couple of grades. I got over it by the end of the movie, I guess, just kind of go with it, but damn it. It was so easy to rectify the situation and make me give this thing like an A and completely love it, but they didn't do it. And that is having, ugh, last chance for spoiler, having him wake her up. What? Why? You did not have to do that. That really blows a lot of... Uh, my respect for her as a woman, as a person. Eventually she came around to still being romantically involved with him, even though he's a fucking psychopath for doing that. If you really loved someone, truly loved someone, you wouldn't do that. You would never want to endanger them. She, He gave her a death sentence by doing that. And I I just don't think you, no matter how lonely and, and how... Uh, mad you might go from being trapped in his situation. I just don't think that you would pull the trigger on that. I like, why don't you go look at all the other passengers profiles since you can with hers, go look at all their profiles and find somebody that knows something about the pods or find somebody that knows something about the, some other engineer that knows more than you and wake them up and explain, Oh, I'm waking you up so that you can help me fix this shit. You know, get us back to sleep. Do something. Yeah. That's a good point. Very good point. And I, I, here's the thing. I don't feel like it was an integral part of the movie. I feel like if you had just made it so that they both woke up the way that the trailer sold it, the movie would play out totally fine. You don't have to have that divisive argument. You can just, they both woke up and he's a nice guy and she's a nice gal and they fall in love because of their trap situation. But as it is now, she basically falls in love with him from Stockholm Syndrome. There's nobody else left. And he risked his life for me that one time. It's like, it's like, it's, th yeah, it's true. I have a stalker. And he did set my house on fire one time with a Molotov cocktail. But... He saves me in the end when the ship's ready to blow up. He also kind of pulled me out of the street that one time when I was drunk and stepped in front of a bus, so I love him! Like, no, <laughs> no, you're with the psychopath. And it's really hard for me to get past that. I, I can 
uh, kind of, I, I, even now I'm struggling. Uh, it is a good movie. I enjoy the movie. It just, why did you have to do that? Just what, what is the point of doing that? What was the purpose of that? Yeah. I, I, I lost all empathy, empathy for Chris, uh, Chris, whatever. Chris Pratt. Pratt. Chris Pratt. I was going to say Pine. Crap. Chris Pratt's character at that point. Like, whatever, dude. You're a psycho. Screw you. But. Yeah. Uh, it's still uh, amazing special effects in this movie and a great story, an interesting idea. Just very disappointed in 5% of the writing because you could have just completely cut that right out and it still would have been a fantastic movie. It would have been totally interesting. Yeah. Especially if I, here's what I was really hoping for because he woke up a year earlier than her and he was falling in love with her along the way because he was what looking at her character profile or whatever the fuck. Yeah. I was really hoping that the bartender robot or whatever would wake her up. It would be off his shoulders. Okay. Yep. So, okay. Then he could be like, what the fuck? Why did you do that? You know, he could totally put the blame on that, on the robot guy. And he, even if the robot guy was like, oh, I'm sorry, sir. I thought you wanted me to, you know, he could still schluff it off on him and that would be the end of it. Yeah. And there could have still been some of, some, some, uh, argument on her end. Like, yeah, but you planted the idea in his head. And he, and yeah. he could be like, no, I didn't. No, I, I did not want that. You know, like, that would have made for so much. Uh, that would, I would have been so much more sympathetic to his character in that in that case. I would have been like, okay, look, it's really not his fault. Oh, he got drunk one time and was talking to a robot, and then the robot did the. Th- Don't blame him. Like, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, there are so many writing outs that you could have done to get around that, but to just have him do that, I'm like, you're a fucking prick, man. Like. <laughs> He literally sentenced her to death. Ah, that was tough, man. It's almost hard for me to get past that, but then I'm a sci-fi dork and I defend stupid shit like Supernova. I I thought it was a great movie. Yeah, I loved the movie. Uh, But I I share your sentiments on that. I I wish they wouldn't have done that. It, it, I just kind of went with it though because I was so enjoying the movie and the visuals and everything about it I was really into. So I'm like, oh, okay, well, let's just roll with it and, um, I, I can't I can't argue that, and I also feel like what was that movie from the the sixties or seventies with the oh, I can't remember the guy was trapped up in space with these robots, and you really liked it, and I was kind of eh on it, and it's considered a classic of sci-fi. Oh, uh, Silent Running. Yes, I was hoping Bruce Dern. Yes, Bruce Dern. But bring a little bit of that into it. He's got all these cleaning robots running around. I thought he was going to start like naming them, and he's altering them like. You could have done a little more silent running stuff there, and that would have been more than enough to fill up the gap of the uh, uh, of the writing of the bullshit that you were avoiding by him opening the pod. Yeah. Him having a relationship with the robots. But you didn't do that. You just had a couple of scenes where he yells at them and throws cereal, cereal on the floor. Like, <laughs> ah, I just feel like it was so fixable at the writing stage, and they just yeah. kind of were... I don't know. I don't know. Were they being experimental or just whatever? I've wasted more than enough time on my first round. Uh, if you have any more thoughts for passengers, go ahead and then take your round. Yeah. Uh, I, I do agree with you. And I do think now that you bring up Silent Running, I you know, they could have really ran with 
a cross between Silent Running and even a bit of 2001 with Hal mm-hmm. and really played up the robots are going nuts on the spaceship. Uh, and like you said, like sheep, they both woke up at the same time or one of the robots woke her up because he was showing interest in her or whatever. And so there's that whole dynamic there and they could have definitely made it better. But as the movie is though, I have it on Blu-ray. Uh, I thoroughly enjoyed it. And I, it is, that is an issue. And I know that there was a lot of people that were upset with that plot point. Uh, but if, to get a, a new, unique science fiction movie, big budget science fiction movie like that in the theater, I am all for that. We don't see enough of those where it's a big budget science fiction movie that's not Star Wars or Star Trek or, well, one of those two. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I, I could, one could almost, could all, no, not almost. One could make the argument that not only is he a murderer, as she accused him of being, he's also a rapist, because he knew every single thing about her, then woke her up, and then played to those things, without her knowing that he had all that knowledge. And got her in the sack within, a what, a week or two. Yeah. <laughs> that was manipulating her by playing... Uh, rapey. Ah, it's weird, man. I don't know. <laughs> and then gets all, get, look at my big brown puppy dog guys. It's okay. This is also the movie that I'm going to watch in two years and go, you know what? I like that a lot more than I did the first time because sci- <laughs> you know, sci-fi is pretty. Cause they're, yeah, they're jumping off the side of the spaceship and it's gorgeous. And yeah, beautiful. Okay. Over to you. Okay. So, uh, I watched a movie from John Landis that I have not seen since the theaters. I actually had forgotten about it. And then, uh, Warner Brothers, uh, archive collection brought the movie out to Blu-ray. So, of course, Eugene has to watch it. And I, I remember upon, uh, theatrical release, the movie bombed. This is back in 1992. So I was probably all of 18 years old, something like that. But, uh, the movie is called Innocent Blood. Have you seen Innocent Blood? No. This is starring Chaz Palminteri and oh, uh, yes. Ro- I love yeah, Rocco Sisto. And there's a whole bunch of gangster types in this movie. Uh, Robert uh, Logia. Is that how you pronounce his name? Logia. Logia. Uh, he's the main bad Put guy. Which... You don't fucking tailgate. Put on your fucking seatbelt, you motherfucking... Lost Highway. Uh, Lost Highway. Yes, exactly. Um so this is about a vampire that uh, stalks bad guys in the city and she gets involved with the mob because she tries to kill the wrong guy who then in turn turns into a vampire. So it's kind of a Goodfellas vampire movie, I guess, kind of, um, but John Landis style. And it feels like John Landis was trying to capture that offbeat... American Werewolf in London feel uh, with the humor, and it does not work like American Werewolf in London does at all. Having said that, it is still enjoyable if a bit too long, and by a bit too long, I mean probably 20 minutes too long. It's almost two hours, and it's like, mm. uh, a vampire movie shouldn't be two hours long, I don't think, unless you're really, really good. And this is good. There's a lot of cameos of... Uh, uh, Sam Raimi is in it. Uh, there are a ton of cam- uh, Tom Savini's in it. The special effects are really good. It's it's relatively well made, but something about it is doesn't quite work for me. But it was 
it's still enjoyable. And this version here is the unrated version that only Europe saw when it was released and it has never been released in the United States uncut until now. And there is some really gory parts, but watching it, knowing who directed it, there are very much nods to an American werewolf in London with the effects and especially the, the big, uh, contact lenses that, lenses that the vampires have to wear. I'm like, oh, that just looks like, like the contact lenses that were used in American Werewolf in London. So it's, it's good. It, definitely worth a, a watch, but I probably won't watch it again for a long time. So anyway. Okay. There's that. Uh, I really liked how the vampires, uh, Kick the bucket in this movie, by the way. How they, and I remember that when I saw it in the theater too, I was impressed with the special effects with how they, how they disintegrate or whatever. I'm like, oh, that's. They sparkle and then. Well, they fade. kind of, they start, well, they start to crackle and it's almost like an old school version of what you see in, um, the Josh Hartnett, uh, vampire movie, 30 Days of Night. Kind of like that, but it's, it's cool. I like it. So. There's that. Innocent Blood. Was it definitely more on the comedy side or horror side? I think it was more on the on the horror side. Okay. Um, but it had its, you know, it had its comical bits, but yeah, it was more more uh of of the horror on the horror realm. Now, the lead actress in it, her name is Anna Oh, I'm going to butcher her last name. Uh Paralude? I uh, I don't know. <laughs> That's uh, <laughs> sure. <laughs> Paraloud, I don't know. She's from France. She's from France. Um, okay. And and that might be one of the issues that I have with the movie is you hate she, the you hate the French. She was oh uh, no 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 she just wasn't I I didn't like her accent wasn't good and like she wasn't I didn't like her in it like like I why did you cast a French girl with a very French accent in were whatever city they were probably Brooklyn I don't whatever it just it, she didn't New really York's fit. A melting pot. There's like, it's I know, but it just didn't like. Was it, it just, just a super came, thick accent that you couldn't even quite get around get the handle on? Or? It was very much an accent that was trying to not be French, and I'm like, it's your French. Ooh, wee, wee, we have vampire. Ooh, <laughs> <laughs> that sure, yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so anyway, oh, and uh, I think Don Rickles is in this. Uh, so there was that. Okay. He's oh, and a- Angela Bassett's in this. Oh, that's so. not cool. Anyway, okay. Uh, next up is Hot Tub Time Machine. I'm sure we've talked about this before, but uh, because of the absolutely shitty day I was having, I'm like, I need something that will cheer me up easily, and that is Hot Tub Time Machine. This is one of the very few movies that I can pop in Anytime, and immediately I am in a good mood. Everything about this ridiculous movie still works as well as the first time I saw it. I I remember when this came out in the theater back in 2010. I'm like, are you kidding me? That looks ridiculous and not good. And a couple people that I knew back then saw it, and they are like, have you seen this Hot Tub Time Machine? It's really funny. I'm like, "Eh, I'm good. And then it came out on uh, DVD or Blu-ray or whatever, and I... I watched it and I'm like, it's so funny. From start to finish, the whole way through, I'm in tears every time I watch it. And uh, this is actually the first time I watched the unrated version. So I appreciated the extra added mean-spirited-ish type (laughs) jokes running through the movie. But I, I, it's, 
it's fast becoming one of my favorite comedies. And I'm not, I know you're not the comedy guy, but it's the perfect. No, I am the comedy guy. I'm just not the bad comedy guy. Not to say that this movie is. I like hot. I like this movie. Yeah. This one here, for some reason, it's like, it has just the right amounts, right amount of sleaze and raunchiness with witty humor. And then you throw in the eighties. It is just. Perfect for me. I I love this movie, and Crispin Glover is in it, and he is literally whatever movie Crispin Glover is in, he is playing one person, Crispin Glover. I yeah, that's the person that he plays. Yes, he is Crispin Glover in every single movie. I was waiting for him to break out in his ridiculous dance that he does in Friday the Thirteenth Part Four in this. I'm like, well, come on, do your stupid dance, please. But he doesn't. But he loses an arm in it, which is great. Or, I love that. Or Back to the Future. It's it's all kind yeah. of the same realm. Yeah, just weirdness, but uh, it's, it's great. I I love this movie. So, and, and the end credits, like how it ends, it ends on a Motley Crue song, and I just every time I watch it, I just want to just stand up and throw my drink against the screen and just cheer and headbang and be a doofy, stupid '80s person like I am. There you go. <laughs> like yes, home sweet home. That's right, bitches. Okay. I'm, <laughs> See, and it gets a little too 80s for me because I wasn't quite that 80s. I wasn't quite old enough to be that 80s the way that you are. Yeah. So it's like Motley it, Crue, so... and I'm like, oh, I'm done. Motley nah. Crue. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah. So anyway, I love that movie. Part two, not so much, but part one is, I love it. And Chevy have... Chase is in it too, and he's playing, uh, playing guess who? Chevy Chase. Yeah. Yep. I haven't <laughs> seen part two. <laughs> but I will say this about part two before I move on. Um, part two is very meh and until the very end and then the very end followed by the end credits are just crying, laughing, funny. It's so good how that movie ends. And I remember like I, it's so good that I'm going to watch it again just for the last 10 minutes of the movie because it's so good. <laughs> but everything leading up to it is meh, whatever. All right, I'll check it out sometime. Okay, I teased these movies last week, and now it is time to hit them up. Get some classic cinema, at least classic for me, or classic for this show, off the list before we dive into the gigantic dumpster fire that is horror movie October, watching as many as we can, because they're on Netflix and they suck. Uh... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> a couple of VHSs that I picked up on the cheap, and I'm glad they're on my shelf. One I had seen before, the other I had not. Although I always was tempted to do so. This is one that would qualify, like you talk about a lot when you... Uh, oh, I passed this in the uh, at the rental store all the time, and I always looked at the cover, and I thought it was cool, and then I just never pulled the trigger. Well, now it's on my shelf, and I finally sat down and watched it, and it is, oh, every bit of two and a half hours, 145 minutes or something. The Guns of Navarone. Hmm. And this is from 1961, World War II movie, where they have these giant guns set in the side of a mountain, basically. Giant cannons, humongous. So the Allies cannot get anywhere near wherever the hell they need to get near to. 
Because this thing just sinks the shit out of anything that gets close. These guns are so massive, and nobody can get in, get in there and shut them down. So we need a special team to come together. And that is Gregory Peck, David Niven, Anthony Quinn. Fantastic crew uh, of actors from the 60s. And I'm very happy to report this movie rules. I enjoyed the hell out of it. I did watch it in two sittings just because life is so incredibly busy, but I would have, if I had the option, I would have just kept right on watching it, but I had to like stop and go do something with kids and was busy for the rest of the evening. It's hard to carve out like nearly three hours. Uh, the action scenes are awesome. Every single one of them. And they're perfectly paced. It's like they do planning scenes for 15 minutes, then you have an action scene that kind of springs out of nowhere and is very original. And then it's planning scenes and being spies and sneaking around behind enemy lines, and then boom, action scene. And then get into the second act, and we have some uh, twisted alliances, some traitors revealed. Like, they just were so good at keeping the interest up from the viewer side. I loved it. This movie is fantastic and deserves all of the praise that it has gotten and that I've heard about over the years. Uh, it's a must-see for you. At some point, it's a checklist film. I'm not saying that you have to run, go watch it this very second, because you're just going to be... Your eyes are going to be bleeding from the amazing action for the next three hours. No, it's not like that. But it is a checklist film, if you know what I'm talking about. Okay. So, surprising no one, uh, that yet one more person gives The Guns of Navarone a thumb. Thumbs up. <laughs> Did it I, feel like a big epic oh, blockbustery type thing? Absolutely. Absolutely. Even though it was kind of, but yet it still remained small and contained because it's a small group of sp spies sneaking into an area, infiltrating this mountain, and then blowing it up. There is one scene uh, right towards the beginning of the third act with David Niven and uh, Gregory Peck. And for my dollar, it doesn't get much better than Gregory Peck. I know lots of other people love to pick, um, oh, I can't pull these classic cinema names out of, just like right out of thin air. Uh, rear, rear window guy. Uh, uh shit. Jim, Jimmy Stewart? Yes. Lo, 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 like, lots of people like to pull his name out of the hat. Give me Gregory Peck any day of the week. That guy can just, he runs circles around Stewart for my dollar. But him, and Niven have a scene together. It's extended. It goes on where they're arguing. I don't want to give anything away, but it is a fantastic scene. It seems to go on forever, and the tension is just ratcheted up like crazy. It was an amazing scene. Like, it will go down, in my mind, as one of the better scenes in classic cinema history. It's just such a great scene. I, I'm going to try... I'll try and find it on YouTube if I can just find that scene just to give it to you, but damn, is it It was so great. Just those two arguing back and forth. Oh, it was so well-written. I, I, oh, I was on the edge of my seat. It was great. Okay, next up. Another one that I teased last week. 1966. Another VHS. Fahrenheit 451. In an oppressive future, a fireman whose duty is to destroy all books begins to question his task. Uh, directed by Francois Truffaut. Oh, okay. And I've this is the second time I've watched this movie now. And it was great watching it on VHS. <laughs> uh, this movie, 
well, I do I give credit to the book or the movie? It's way ahead of its time. It has flat screen TVs on the wall. 1966. Wow. Okay. I mean, they don't call them flat screen TVs. They call them like, I don't even remember, something generic from the 60s, like Viewmaster wall sets or something like that. But it is clearly a flat panel, flat screen TV setting there. It, it For 1966, they nailed that prediction. <laughs> the movie itself is fantastic. It totally holds up. Uh, you would like this movie. It has that 1960s sci-fi charm of, uh, uh, what's, what's that one that I like, even though it's kind of a piece of shit. Logan's Run? Logan's Run. It has the charm of that with not being too long or overspilling into complete nonsense the way that Logan's Run does and becomes kind of chintzy boring. Or, yeah. or or that, oh, you filmed in a warehouse or a mall for one week. I got it. This one feels like you are in another place in time, but that's because of the writing. The writing is so good, and the way that they describe their world, it makes you feel like you are in a future dystopian time that is completely removed from our reality. Yet, scarily, eerily accurate prediction from the 1960s to our time. <laughs> nice. So, this is an important film. Definitely a checklist for you. You must check it out at some okay. point in time. You will enjoy this movie. It's good shit. The end, the third act, gets a smidge ridiculous, but at the same time, shit got so ridiculous in their dystopian uh, idea of the future, it's, it's, it's hard to argue with the way that they went. Uh, I'm being vague, obviously, but yeah. you just need to see it for yourself. It's a, a, a seminal film. It's definitely a checklist. You need to see it at some point. And what's the runtime on that? Uh, let me see here. I don't. Boy, if that one was long, it sure as hell didn't feel like it. Uh, 112 minutes. So that not nearly Two as hours. Yeah, not not as bad as Guns of Navarro. But but Guns of Navarro is so fucking good, dude. I still have not stayed awake through all of Das Boot. Okay? Yeah. That's a World War II movie that everybody loves, and it's amazing. I still have not stayed awake during the whole thing. Or at least not the director's cut. Yeah, the epic four-hour or however long that thing is. I try. It seems amazing. Every time I start watching it, I'm like, this is awesome. I'm totally into it. Drink spilling and lap. Yeah. Yep. I'm out. I'm done. But, uh, yeah, Guns of Navarone, that was... That was the kind of classic cinema that I like and I think would appeal to you as well. What would your what would your rating be on Guns of Navarone one to ten? Like are you are we talking nine point five here or nine, I would say nine. Okay. Yeah. Excellent. I loved it. Alright. And Fahrenheit, I would probably give eight and a half. Wow. So that's a good double header right there. Oh yeah. Maybe not double header, but it's a good Hey, you know how we are with classic cinema. We don't go to that well very often. Uh-uh. I was so high off Guns of Navarone that I was like, I'm right back in. I want, give me more. Give me more six, 60s. Give it to me. Fahrenheit 451. I, I had seen it before, so I already knew that I dug it. But, oh, it was great. And I'm so happy to have those VHSs in their nearly mint condition on my shelf. <laughs> now, would you ever consider getting Guns of Navarone on Blu-ray? It is available. I would because the transfer, 
see, this sounds weird to say, but the transfer that I have on the VHS was very rough. The Fahrenheit 451 on the VHS, it was kind of like, it was widescreen, and it looked really good. Well, it looked really good for VHS. Guns of Navarone yeah. looked fucking A-rough, and it was full frame. So I would definitely consider upgrading that version, but I'm not going to get rid of that VHS. Yeah. Because that was one of the tuck-in VHS covers. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So I'm going to, and, and, and the, the cover, the case is it, like, it's in fantastic shape. So I'm not getting rid of that. Cool. Back to All you. All right. Well, let's talk about Top Gun, shall we? We haven't <laughs> done this in a little while. <laughs> this is probably going to be last round. Go ahead. Do whatever, oh. do whatever you want. We're getting okay. all the time. I'm blabbing way too long on these movies. So I'm, um, if you haven't heard of Top Gun, okay. Everybody's heard of Top Gun. I, Every it's to the point where every time I watch that movie, I think I like it more because it gets a little more ridiculous every time I watch it. Uh, I watched the Blu-ray of it, and again, I've had a a long week, and I wanted feel good comfort food. And Top Gun is comfort food for me. Shit eating grin the whole way through. I. I like I love the soundtrack. I, everything about it. I, the the worst parts of that movie are probably what I like the most. So therefore, for me, it's like the perfect. It is like the Lost Boys. It's the perfect example of a glossy '80s movie. It, it reminds me. I mean, oddly enough, it does remind me of the Lost Boys in just the '80s. There's it's so heavy with the '80s, like the Lost Boys is. But in all the best, cheesiest ways, um, I I love it. And I love watching that you are seeing Tom Cruise become a superstar in that movie. That is the movie, <laughs> to me at least, that he became a superstar in. It was Top Gun. So. Uh, I, I, I would kind of go like Rain Man. Even though I don't love that movie, I feel like everything before Rain Man, he was super smiley Tom Cruise. It was risky business and this, where he's like, hey, yeah. hey, guy, high five guy. He was, he was double finger guns guy all the time. Ah, what's going on? Acting. Yeah. And, and then, then Rain, Man. Rain Man came along and he had to like tone it down a bit. And then after that, he really got his groove of managing those two kind of personas. Yeah. Maybe I'm wrong. What was the, what was the movie, uh, uh, Oh, what was it with Jack Nicholson? I've only watched it once, but I really liked it. Um, he was a lawyer, another lawyer movie. Yeah. Um, you can't, yeah, you can't handle the truth. That's the one. That's the name of the movie. You can't handle the truth. That's what they called it. Sure. Sure. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, I'm not going to spend much time on Top Gun. I, I love the movie and it's, it is one of my all time favorite movies, regardless of its faults. I think it's hilarious. I, I take back what I said. It's not Rain Man. It's that movie. It's the You Can't Handle the Truth movie. Yeah, it's and it's like, I'm thinking of like A Few Good Men. Is yeah, that there you it? go, that's it, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. You, Kevin you Bacon's win. in it, so of course it's cool. <laughs> um, okay, and uh, speaking of Tom Cruise, let's talk about The Mummy, because I did rent oh, The Mummy off of Voodoo. Shit. Here we go. <laughs> I, I because, can tell hey. by that tone, oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Coming off a of Top Gun, I'm like, yeah, you're... Glistening white teeth and your big smile and you're licking Kelly McGillis's face. So let's talk about Mummy now. Um, it was good. <laughs> I, 
Uh, I prefer now, now the wait, 1990... wait, go look back at my review. I think I gave it a C plus. Okay, that's fair. Don't, that would so be don't, fair. I, again, once again, it got too built up over too, ma- too many weeks, and Eugene's thinking, oh, this is an A++++. I, gave, I, I believe I gave this movie a C plus. Okay, because it's C, C or C plus. I mean, eh, C plus. I think that on viewing number two, I'm going to probably like it a little bit more. Viewing one, having said that, I, for what it is, I enjoyed it. I liked how they actually wrapped things up in the movie, but uh, Tom Cruise was not funny in it while he was trying to be funny. I did not like his comedy bits at all. Oh, he's it, a prick in this movie. Uh, yeah, it just it didn't work for me. I didn't like. I didn't like a lot of the characters in the movie, actually. Uh, but the, the action scenes were cool in a summer blockbustery sort of way. The big dust storm thing, just like in the Brendan Fraser one, is in this kind of, and is very cool. That's probably the best part of the movie. Another thing I forgot to mention in both the written review and when we talked about it on the show, this movie, uh, one thing I loved about this movie is that it made the Brandon Fraser movies canon. Did you catch that Easter egg? Oh, no. How is that? When she is uh, running around the library with um, Dr. Evil chasing her, whatever, she smacks him upside the head with a book, and that okay. book falls yep. to the ground. Yeah. That is the book that is the Book of the Dead that Brandon Fraser puts the thing into that turns the key. Oh, nice. I, I didn't catch that. Exact That's cool. Sa- it's the exact same book. That's cool. So it makes I, all of the Brandon Fraser movies canon for this new universal dark universe, whatever. Yeah. If it continues, this movie did not do so hot. Uh, uh, it's, I w- it's going. It's continuing. Johnny, I hope it does. John, Johnny Depp is the Invisible Man. They're they're charging forward even after the uh, not so great returns on this movie. They re- uh, released more dark universe stuff, photos and whatever. It's it's Good. going. I, I, yeah, and I hope they do, because this one does set things up pretty good, I think. Uh, and there's enough action in it, there's enough fun summer fluff in it that I'm like, okay. I gave it two and a half, and I almost gave it three. And I think on second viewing, I probably will, because it's, it's forgettable summer fluff. That's that's all it is. Lots of CGI. Uh, it just... Ah, oh man, Tom Cruise, he felt miscast in this. I... I don't know why I just I didn't if he wouldn't have been I like Tom Cruise a lot but in this movie he just didn't quite work he I'm like oh here he's running again he's running in his Tom Cruisey <laughs> running sort of way and well that's like, what he uh, does <laughs> I do that in Mission Impossible not in the Mummy movie get you know that's fine so, I'm not arguing against yeah. you that's that's what you're you're what you're saying is basically what the majority of Planet Earth has said I just yeah. thought that it was. Interesting that he took the role. Interesting that they would put a superstar in that role, where he basically gets the shit kicked out of him for nine yeah, minutes, which I thought for the was the whole movie, which I thought was absolutely hilarious. Because here's Tom Cruise, Mister Invincible Tom Cruise, in every other movie, but in this movie, just getting the shit kicked out of him, just thrown yeah. across the room and breaking bones, and oh, it was so funny. And then and at the end, he kind of is a villain hero. Yeah, I, Which, I liked, I appreciated the end. I thought yeah. that was pretty cool. And did, did you watch any of the end credits? Uh, I, last thing I remember is him and funny guy were riding camels through the desert and that was it. Okay. Did because, I miss something else? No, no, not really. Uh, the intro end credits, uh, 
some movies do this to where there's like, you know, it's just a couple of people's names on the screen as they're showing something in the background. And here it was diagrams and whatnot. And I took that as Frankenstein type stuff. I could be wrong, but it felt like we're seeing things from what is maybe to come of other creature features from this dark universe. Hmm, that's cool. So, yeah. Um, you know, here's part of my issue with it though is I so adore the Hammer Mummy movies and I, I just wish that they would make something like that, like a very gritty, hard edged, R rated, not that the Hammer movies are R rated, but small scale, a really evil mummy that is killing people. One mummy, just one. And they're in a village. And here, it's just me and my old school stuff. Instead of this huge spectacle that this movie is and the Brendan Fraser ones are, they're fine. But I think it would be cool to make like a genuine all out horror mummy movie. I think that'd be cool. That would be cool, but I kind of, I mean, we did that a little bit with the Brandon Fraser ones, but not, not to the extent that you're talking about. I just thought it was an interesting take because it kind of turned the mummy curse thing into a hero thing in a weird yes, way did. towards the end. Which so was, I'm, yeah, I'm, I, 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 yeah. Interested, was interested cool. to see where they're going to go with that, but yeah. I, what was the other thing I was going to say? Uh, I don't know. It just didn't go where I thought it was going to go. And I, oh, uh, as I said in my written review on the Facebook page, um, Russell Crowe nearly stole that entire movie. He tried yeah, his damn. I liked him a lot. He was probably my favorite part of the movie, other than like some of the action scenes. He was really good. Yeah, I agree. I thought that. Oh, I thought I thought that was cool. I thought there was going to be a, uh, and I'm not sure if does is Dracula Untold. Does that tie in with this at all or not? It's, it. It's kind of lingering in the Incredible Hulk void of the mm. Marvel, Marvel universe. You know what I mean? Okay. Like right now they're yeah. going. Maybe we have it. We we got to get a hit first, and then maybe we'll decide if it does. But yeah, because that was Luke Evans, and I could see him being good in this universe if they go that route. I mean, for all its their positives and negatives of both of those films, just go for it, man. Like, yeah, I agree. I, yeah, I feel like both it. these films are kind of at similar levels for different reasons. I enjoyed The Mummy a little more because just, but that was personal reasons. I feel like Dracula was tackling the old Dracula tale in a different tone, whereas this new Mummy movie had an actual different idea. That's the only reason I liked it more. Yeah. I've seen that Dracula movie before. Done better. This Mummy, yeah. mummy thing is a new idea. Which is the only reason I gave it the edge. But you're both kind of lingering in that C-plus kind of area where it's like, I enjoy this, but it's not that great. Yeah. Just go. Yeah, I'm just, just fucking go yeah. for it. Just own it and go for it. Move forward. Have Luke Evans meet Tom Cruise the mummy and move on. Oh, spoilers mummy, I guess I should say. Yeah. Nobody gets I shit. would totally do that. I would totally be into that, especially if you're going to keep on with uh, Russell Crowe and Johnny Depp. And I'm not sure who, like, is is the the... Swamp thing, whatever his name is. Uh, what are what all creatures are there going to be in this universe? I don't. Know. Are they going to have? I don't. The only other one that I know of is Johnny Depp is Invisible Man. Because Frankenstein obviously has to show up at some point or another. Yeah. I would yeah. Guess. Yep. That's another Universal. I don't yeah. know. Who knows? Yeah. What they're doing. Van Helsing should be in there somewhere. Yeah. Anyway, they're not even backing the own 
their their own creatures that they have put up already. So who knows what they're gonna do? Yeah. Okay. Well, anyway. So, okay. but it was totally ser- serviceable for a one-off. I'll watch it again. I know I'm gonna watch it again sometime. I'm gonna be like, yeah, why not? Um, whatever. Do you think you? So, which did you like better, Dracula Untold or this? I think this one here. The the action was bigger and better, and then we're on the uh, same page. That's that's yeah. right where I'm at. Yeah, because I didn't hate Dracula Untold. It was fine for what it was, and it was enjoyable. I agree. I plan to watch it again here in a week or so. <laughs> oh, so that's going to be one. That's going to be an October movie. Yep, it'll count, and it's fun. So, I'm <laughs> yeah. And with that, let's move on to coming soon. Yes, it's going to be a lot of horror coming up for the next several episodes because we're doing the Horrorthon. We're the only podcast on the net that does. Horrorthon in October. <laughs> 31 movies, 31 days. Or for Eugene, 85 movies. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but I feel like I'm more prepared this year, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do better than 31. The last two years I've done 31. I feel like this year I've got a, I've got a plan, and I'm going to succeed in doing more. Before we get into what is actually coming soon, <clears throat> I did want to present an idea to you of... I'm calling it just a string game for horror movies. Instead of just willy-nilly watching horror movies left and right, let, should we maybe throughout the month make a game of it and try and string together movies that are connected? So, for example, you could watch Halloween with Jamie Lee Curtis and then watch, what is it, Prom Night? Yeah. Jamie Lee Curtis? Then you could watch another movie that had uh, from the same director. That is a horror movie. Ooh, I like and that. Then, That's good. Just as a, a fun little thing, if you want to, you can. If not, do whatever you want. But you have to be careful because if you start uh, uh, going into older movies, you might get trapped and you can't find a way back out. Uh, 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 the only rule is sequels, no good. You can't go. I watched Nightmare 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. That's no good. You gotta break them up by one. Okay? Okay. That's my, that's my only rule. Okay. You understand what I mean? And so what you're saying is it can be director or actor. Producer. Actually, anything. producer. Okay. Anything. Okay. But be careful because if you go back to like doing Hammer stuff, you might not be you're able to stuck. Es- you can't escape and go back to present day. Yeah. Yeah. Or so even you, trauma. Hmm. Gotta be clever. It could be yeah, interesting. You got, yeah, I like that. Because okay. I've got a stack of movies that I'm going to be watching. Just an idea I'm pitching out there. This is not a must for the month because I don't need anything else hamstringing me watching horror movies. I got. <laughs> so what are some of the horror movies that you're going to be watching? I have a feeling I'm going to be lending you some of my movies. Oh, well, you are... you. We're supposed to be compiling a list for the last year. I kept telling you add it to the list. That I'm, you're, you should have a file. It's probably oh, I've got, got I've got some goodies. Yeah, seven hundred movies on it. Uh, yeah. I have a list of what's coming soon. Gerald's game. Tomorrow. Me too. Tomorrow. Oh, that hits is that tomorrow? tomorrow? Oh, I'm all over that. I think it's uh, at like two a.m. though, so it might. It, it'll be on the next episode. We'll be talking about Gerald's game. That's not going to be a roulette, by the way. I'm. That's going to be watched immediately no, from me. No. 
That's way too good to be a robot. Okay. Yeah. Next up, we have... Oh, wait. <laughs> uh, another round of a new game I've been working on for Eugene. It is Name That Movie, until I find a better title for it. But it is... If you can name the movie... From the information that I give you, I'm going to give you the actors, I'm going to give you the year. If you can name the movie, I will watch a movie of your selection. And for this month, it's going to be a Black Glove Killer Giallo. You're going to have, I'm, I'm going to have to sit down and watch it. Are you ready? Yes. Wait, so this is happening right now. So you're going to give me the information? Yep. Right now. And so I can, so, okay, so you're going to give me the information. And if I can guess the movie, I can pick out a Black Glove Killer movie that you have to watch. Yep. Yeah. Here, here's you can pick out any movie you want me to watch. But what you, except for, don't pick out. You can't give me a. You can't give me a total piece of shit movie just to like punish me. That's no good. Yeah, and I got it. I yeah. got it. Anything else? That's fine. Okay, this movie is from 2017. If 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 you seriously, if you get this, I'll shit my pants. Uh, Anthony Hopkins, Jeffrey Dean Morgan, Colin Farrell, anything? No. I had a good name for this. A game. What was I going to call it? Uh, Things That Exist. That's what I was going to call it. (laughs) This is the Things That Exist game. Anthony Hopkins, Jeffrey Dean Morgan, and Colin Farrell bring to life the gripping tale of a brilliant psychic and the serial killer that stays one step ahead of him when three bodies turn up with identical wounds, cryptic notes nearby, and no other evidence, an FBI agent, Morgan, calls on his clairvoyant colleague, Hopkins, to solve the case. But when the all-seeing killer knows every move they'll make, how can they stop the slaughter? I have never heard of that. Me either, but I came across it in the library. Are you done? Yeah, I'm, yeah, I can't guess it. I, I have it's, no idea. It's a movie, Without cheating, it, it's a movie called Solace. Okay, I think I may have actually heard that title, but that's news to me. I, I, how could I not grab this movie? That's the thing too. It has to be something that is has name people in it. It can't be just yeah. like twelve no name people you've ever heard never heard of. But uh, all star cast. Interesting story. Clairvoyant. I, I don't know. How has nobody heard of that? Because it's probably horrible. <laughs> probably. So did you buy that or rent it? Or uh, No, I got it from the library. Oh, library. Okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, I'm going to be watching it in my last few days leading up to the horror-thon. Is there and, any chance of that being remotely good? I mean, maybe, because that Fracture Lawyer movie was good. Anthony Hopkins, again. I, I It's hard for me to turn down Anthony Hopkins. Uh, okay, I'm on coming yeah. soon. Uh, stuff coming up because it's going to be horror time. Uh, Krampus. Witch. Yes. The Witch. The Colony. Uh, Salem's Lot. All Blu-rays that have been on my shelf for at least a year. I'm going to be watching... Salem's Lot? Oh, no, the you DVD gave, that I gave you. DVD. Yeah. Uh, that one's the DVD. The rest are all Blu-rays that I haven't watched yet. I mean, I've watched them before, but then I bought the Blu-ray. Yeah. Salem's Lot is so good. Yeah, I used to own it on VHS and got rid of it during the purge. So good. Yep. What's coming for you? Um. So, surprise, surprise, I'm going to be watching a lot of horror movies here soon. 
Well, yeah, we're doing the horror-thon. It's, yeah. It's... <laughs> uh, so what's the first, well, next mo- early next month, uh, Lucio Fulci's uh, Don't Torture a Duckling is coming out on Blu-ray, courtesy of Arrow. I cannot wait to see the transfer on that movie. That's one of my favorite Giallo movies, so that's going to be watched immediately. But I, the, the stack of movies is so... Huge of horror stuff that I plan on watching. Um, planning on revisiting Friday the Thirteenth Part Five. I'm, I I watched the Friday the Thirteenth movies <laughs> so much. Pull. Why part? Well, four? I know. Well, here's why. I, I watched parts one through four so much, well, and six so much. I'm like, I want to watch the batshit crazy one again, <laughs> and that's part five. Pa- part five is the the cocaine version of Friday the Thirteenth, to where it's just it. Shouldn't work, but somehow in a strange way it does. I can't wait to watch part five, but part five is going to be my October Friday the 13th. Uh, and I'm going to probably, not probably, I'm going to watch, uh, Season of the Witch again, Halloween three. Um, and I'm going to try to watch Mother. That's the Darren Aronofsky movie. Yep. So I'm going to try and get that watched. I, because of your, your, you texted me one day about FYI, it is going to have some additional footage not seen in theatrical version. Boom. I'm waiting for, I'm waiting for the, uh, Blu-ray of uh, that. Not just some, like 20 minutes. Yeah. So that immediately, I'm like, okay, I'm waiting on that. Uh, but Mother, however, with, there's enough negativity about that movie that I'm like, I think I might like that movie a lot. Me too. Me. Yeah. Me too. <laughs> So, uh, other than that, I mean, every night is a random, Eugene walks down to his movie room, drink in hand, what nonsense am I going to watch? What's, <laughs> what's from 1980, 1981 that I'm going to love? And I, there you go. That's what I'm going to watch next. So. Awesome. Yeah. Are you going to, by the way, are you going to try and watch Blade Runner next week or sometime? Or is that going to be a dollar theater? Or, I mean, with the runtime, it's ridiculous. So. Oh, no. I'm going to try and watch Blade Runner uh, first run as soon as humanly possible Me because too. that it, that that is my tops of the year that I of anticipation that I want to see that yeah. number one even beats out Star Wars and especially yeah, I, finding out I think that so too. Uh, the runtime is 163 minutes and that's awesome the studio is okay with that that is fucked up if for those of you out there that don't know how studios work, they want to cram as many viewings in per day as they can. So they usually fight that shit pretty hard to get approved for that kind of runtime and to have the early critical response coming out saying it's a leap forward in science fiction cinema and that, oh. that kind of stuff that I'm hearing. I'm like, look, I was looking forward to the movie. I wasn't looking that forward. I wasn't like, I wasn't at that stage where I'm, this is going to blow my mind. You know, I, but yeah. apparently it is, I guess. I, we will I can't see. wait. At, uh, on one hand, I'm my expectations went through the roof, and on the other hand, my expectations got tempered a little bit, because uh, uh, the trailers didn't do that for me. You know what I mean? Like, that, yeah. They, uh, yeah, I was excited, but it didn't look like you're changing the game. I don't know. We'll see. I can't wait. I Actually, my wife even said... Um, do you want to see Blade Runner in the theater? Because that's one that, if you do, let's get a babysitter. Let's go see that in the theater. I'm like, yes. Has she seen the that. original? Yes, she did. See, and I don't know that my wife has. And I, yeah. 
I'm planning on watching it with her before we go do that, but that is going to be a date night for us, too. And that's how yep. we are old men. We're like, okay, this one's worth a date night and a babysitter. Yeah, yeah it is. Seriously, that is what we have we have digressed to is that it is an event like this. Because that is, for me, rounding out the, the dollars involved in this, I'm like, okay, this is worth the money. We're going to do this. I agree. Okay. So. That's going to be it for this episode. I'm Eric Marner. And I'm Eugene Weaver. See you next week, dude. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening.